Good afternoon, passengers. This is Captain Bot 5000. Today's flight might not be appropriate for little ears or big ears on little people. It gets a bit blue. Have a nice flight, sexy buns. My name is Aaron. With me, as always, is my Captain Cameron. How are you doing today, honey? Ahoy, hoy. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I had to answer the question. Ahoy. I'm doing well. How are you doing today? I'm fine. We're doing okay. You know, yesterday was Jake's birthday. He's 10 years old now. I can't believe that. He had a great birthday. Apparently, everything we got him did it. Did it. He we loved it. every present. He loved the whole day. Yeah. It was great. When your kid turns 10, though, yeah, it's a part of you dies. A bit of you <laughs> dies because it's just so, it's so nice and sad at the same time yeah. because it's really like a turning point in their childhood in a mm. way. Like he's still a kid, but it's just like. Not for long. You know, eight more years he could move out and that's crazy. That's not happening. I refuse to allow I refuse. That. Our, <laughs> our kids will never leave. There's oh. no way. They would do that to me. I'd like our kids. <laughs> I know. Surprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would like them to stick around if possible. Right. So, uh, so yeah. So, But that was fun. That was a good, a it good day. It was a good day, it yeah. It was a very good day. It was a good day. Yeah. And then uh, Biden did the bare minimum. He did the bare for minimum. For women. Wow. We, we have the bar set so, so low. low. <laughs> so low. But he did... Something. You know, it would have been really impressive had he done it two months ago when that story was originally leaked. Yeah. Then I would have been like, all right, we got a plan. This is great. Well, like I, like I said, um, this is not a politics podcast. But no. like, like I was saying yesterday, like we knew this was coming. Oh, there, yeah. Nobody, well, it's, it's we knew for six years it was coming. We knew for 50 years this was coming. Like <laughs> yeah. we knew this was coming. But it would have been a pretty baller move yeah. since we knew this was coming. Mm-hmm. That once it did, five minutes, mm-hmm. a minute, a second after it happens, he like breaks onto the airwaves, smacks down some executive orders, yeah. and then it looks like he's got it under control. Yeah, it looks like he's got a plan and we're good, we can move forward. And then he takes control of the narrative mm-hmm. in that way too. It's like, well, this really sucks, but... Damn it, he was on top of it. Yeah. With what he could do. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, that was that would look a lot better than like three weeks later, reluctantly being dragged out to the podium. Yeah. Like, after the EU denounces us. Yeah. You know? After the and rest after of the world. like the rest of the world's like, wow, what a fucking bunch of cavemen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe you should have been in the forefront of this. Yeah. After, been ahead of this. Well, well, uh, you know, like. A real leader gets ahead of things. With all the protests and the people yeah. getting angry and everything, mm-hmm. it's like, finally, he's like, I've done this. All so. right, I've done the bare minimum. You're welcome. <laughs> Another show that does the bare minimum is Star Trek Enterprise. <laughs> no, no, no. No, they don't. They go above and beyond. Yeah, above and beyond. That should have been the Star Trek Enterprise. Above, above and beyond. beyond. Yeah, um, but I guess before we get into that, should we talk about other things that we've Yes, let's talk about other things we've been watching. Well, one thing we are no longer watching is Star Trek Voyager. Yeah, I've flat out given up. We are, we got to 
we were p- pressing through. We really wanted to. We finish really it. were, but we started skipping so many episodes. There was one we're time where we six. skipped six episodes in a row. Yeah, because they were just so bad. My favorite one though <laughs> was this. This is one of my favorite things. Well, I don't know if it ever happened, but like <laughs> this was a really funny thing that happened. So there was like a show that came on, and it, what was it about? It was Tom Paris, and it has something to do in Seven of Nine and. Volana were like fighting over him or something like that. Oh God! And it was like the cold open to the episode. And I'm like, it'd be really funny if what's his name, Duncan McNeil? Yeah, uh, uh, directed it or directed whatever. It. Sure enough, sure enough did. Sure enough, <laughs> like Paris directed the episode where the women were fighting. Or over just him. throwing themselves at like, him. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, um, and like, I think the first three seasons of Voyager are pretty good. Oh yeah, I had a I had a lot of fun. Like I yeah. think the characterizations of everyone's mm-hmm. pretty good. Chakotay's a bit... <laughs> Suspect. Well, it's just... It's, it's it's very stereotyped. It's very stereotyped. Yes. He yes. has, like, literal spirit animals and yeah. stuff. And yeah. it's weird. But... Well, my favorite that, thing... that's weird, but, like... My favorite thing with him, though, mm. is how he does have all these spirit guides, and he does communicate them with them, and then when some other alien comes up and tells them about their journey... Oh, this was Belana about mm. her Klingon afterlife. He's yeah. like... Yours doesn't exist. Yeah. Dude, Chakotay, you're talking to animals. Yeah, man. See, that was the one thing I always... I, I mean, You I'm can't not, judge her. <laughs> I'm not... I don't want to uh, belittle anyone's beliefs or yeah. anyone. I don't want to belittle Chakotay's beliefs. But it just feels like Star Trek is in a post-religious society. Yeah. You know, I think that's how it's pretty much set. It's a... At best, it's an agnostic mm-hmm. world. And it's just weird that the one indigenous person is, like, the spiritual one. And it's like, I don't know how that managed to, like, make it into this society. (laughs) Like, when everything else has been basically given up on. Yeah. You know, so it just just was weird. But, like, I mean, I I liked him until he's betrayed. I liked him until season four. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Season four is when it really starts to go downhill. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's still some good episodes. Season mm-hmm. five has some good episodes. But by now, it's just like either the episodes are just flat-out wrong-headed yeah. or dumb. Yeah. Like whole episodes of, like, Paris's Captain Neutron. Yeah. And then it became, like, basically the Paris show. Yeah, it did. It was like once they got me sort of like, okay, Paris isn't as bad as I thought. Then yeah. they were like, you're going to get Paris all the time. Yeah. All, it's like Chris Pratt. It's like as soon as we all were like, we like opened that door just enough that he could sneak. Then he his, pushed his way in. <laughs> pushed his way in, and he's like, "I'm gonna voice Garfield, Super yeah. Mario. I'm gonna be Star Lord. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that." And it's like, "God, just go away." <laughs> like that's kind of what happened with Paris. Yeah, yeah, I agree. To the detriment of like, every other character yeah. on the show, but we're gonna rectify that today with a little surprise <laughs> that will come up. Um, but in lieu of that, so like basically, we're, basically we were watching Voyager, mm-hmm. and we decided we can't take it anymore. Well, I I think I was like I want to skip this one. I don't even remember the episode, yeah. but I was like, oh, let's skip this one. This is not good. Yeah. And then you were like, do you want to stop watching these? <laughs> and I was like, I don't mind not. I, I don't mind stopping yeah. now. And so we ended up watching Star Trek Prodigy, Prodigy. which. Is pretty good. Well, I zoned out for a minute mm-hmm. because, you know, we're watching this before bed, so I was a little sleepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I zoned out for a minute. When I came back, too, I was like, I don't remember this in any of the Rebels episodes because I thought it was Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. It has a much more Star Wars Rebels or Clone Wars feel it's to it. It's very much a Star Wars show and not a Star Trek show. No, 
No, and it's very much uh, kids. Yeah. Forward. Which, but I mean, I really like I, it. I I, I like it. My only minor quibble, mm-hmm. but I understand it. Is the character arc of the so-called captain? This the I don't know his name <laughs> yet. Dell or something like that. I find him extraordinarily obnoxious. Well, yeah. But like, I understand he's on a journey. Yeah. Like so. I mean, like, a lot of people when Ahsoka first came in mm-hmm. were really annoyed with Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. It, she has a journey. I'm sure this guy's got a journey. It's just, he can be very much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. But all the other characters I, I like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I like the story. I like the fact Janeway has her hair up in a bun again. If, if, you know it's good Janeway when her hair's When her up. hair's in a bun. <laughs> if her, when her hair goes down, that's when we got problems. Yep. <laughs> So, um, so we've been watching that, and now I have been watching the show Servant mm-hmm. on Apple TV. I gave you a brief rundown yeah, of I didn't, season one. You don't need to tell me again. I'm not really <laughs> going to get into it. It's an M. Night Shyamalan show. It feels like an M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> show. It's twisting again, like you did last summer. Like, right. every episode has to end on a twist. <laughs> and it's not he's not, like, the primary writer on it. He's just, like, the producer, and he directs some episodes. But, like... It doesn't feel like there's any good payoffs to anything. Mm. And as a parent, it's a very triggering show for me because it's about a a baby. Losing your kid. It's about losing your kid. And it's it feels kind of almost cruel in a way. The way it's like using a a parent's pain Mm. or, you know, the... The displacement or the loss of a child for mm-hmm. entertainment. Right. And I don't mind it in a certain degree of like a maybe a story starter or, or whatever, but it's been dragged on now for a season and a half. Hmm. And it just doesn't, it's not very entertaining for me. Okay. But I'm still watching it. I don't know. Like it's, it's one of those shows. Like I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, because of the twists, it keeps you <laughs> engaged enough right. to be like, well, where's this going? Even though... Eighty percent of the twists don't get paid off, no. but you're you're enough to be like, okay, what now? <laughs> but like, I don't really like it either. Okay. So, I, and it, since it's Apple TV, there's only like eight or ten episodes per season. So mm-hmm. it's like, if you watch all three seasons that are out now, it's like one regular season of anything. So right. And they're short episodes, so it's not too bad. But anyway, do you want to give us a show synopsis for this show that we watched today called Star Trek: Colon Enterprise? <laughs> A century before Captain Kirk's five-year mission, Jonathan Archer captains the United Earth ship Enterprise. During the early years of Starfleet, leading up to the Earth-Romulan War and the formation of the Federation. Wow, that's a lot of spoilers there. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of spoilers. Well, I guess it's not a spoiler if you know Star Trek. I guess so. Yeah, see, like... I mean, I don't really know it, so that's a spoiler for me, but... Right. Yeah, well, we can get into that when we start talking about the show, because things we could talk about. Okay. And do you want to give us the episode synopsis? I know it's a bit long. Gee, <laughs> what is with the synopsises? I mean, the only thing I can say... Synopsises. The only thing Synopsi. I can say about this one is this was a two-parter. We only watched the first part, as is our want. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, if you can give it the, the synopsis. Okay. There, you might get more out of it than I got watching it. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot out of watching it. <laughs> In the mid-22nd century, the Earthship Enterprise is launched under the command of Captain Jonathan Archer when the crew rescues an alien from a crashed spaceship. Or you, you mean the Klingon? Yeah. Earth yeah. gets its first look at the alien's race, the Klingons. The Klingons. 
Archer and his crew must walk a fine line. Yeah. They, they don't know how to do they that. They don't know how to do yeah, that. They don't know how to do that. <laughs> like with big Subtlety old, is not in their bag. Big old Doc Martin boots <laughs> on. <laughs> As they attempt to communicate with the Klingon pilot, whose language is completely unknown, and whose homeworld wants him back. No, they don't. They wanted him to die. They wanted him to die. Is this the beginning of friendship? Or interstellar war? Oh my god. <laughs> now, and now, I have officially, I am nerd now. Oh, okay. Two moments happened in this show that I'm like, oh boy, I am a full-on nerd. Oh no. One was, because like, they can't understand, they don't have like a universal translator at this point. So yeah. they actually have to like translate things. Mm-hmm. Figure out languages. Analog. <laughs> but um, one time the the Klingon said something, blah, 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 Chanticore mm-hmm. or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's the Klingon's afterlife. <laughs> and then she's like, he said something about their afterlife. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, you know Klingon. <laughs> I know Klingon. And then there was another part where Hoshi. Is that yeah. Um, she basically tells to Paul to go fuck herself. Yeah. I'm guessing it's not translated but the the mm-hmm. word was pom far something right and i'm like oh she just told her to go fuck herself so yeah during the cat fights during the yeah. cat fight that occurred yes. less than 30 minutes into the show yes so and let's not forget the tick conversation oh b- that came uh, three minutes later no before the cat fight was the tit conversation yeah, before yeah, the cat fight yeah. mm-hmm. and no no then, then it was like three minutes later they go to a strip show yeah. after being warned not to fuck aliens yeah this all ha- occurs within, I think, an eight-minute yes, period it does. of it's, the show. They were like, okay, you know what? Let's get all of our sexism <laughs> done right now. This is Star Trek. It's going to be here. <laughs> let's put in as much sexism as we possibly can in these eight minutes. <laughs> and then let's have our hero threaten to beat up the only woman on the ship. Well, there's two women, and he only threatened <laughs> to beat up one. So 50% well, of the women he wants to beat up. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> my bad. I uh, apologize for thinking he's abusive. <laughs> This show stars Scott back to back Bacula uh, as Captain Archer. He was in a television show called Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And Quantum Leap. And Quantum Leap. <laughs> and NCIS. Uh, so, uh, why does he close his eyes so much when he's talking? I don't know. Some people do. He looks like really annoyed with everyone. But I think he may be <laughs> Captain Archer's just really annoyed with everyone. Uh, we have. John Billingsley as Dr. Phlox. He was in Prison Break and Grey's Anatomy. We have Jolene Blaylock as Commander, Sub-Commander, sorry, to Pole. She was in Jason and the Argonauts. Remember that? That's a yeah, Halmy production. Yeah, yeah. Love the Halmies. In Starship Troopers 3, Marauder. Dominic Keating as Lieutenant Malcolm Reed, Prison Break and Heroes. Anthony Montgomery as Ensign. Travis Merriweather. He was in General Hospital in Single Ladies. We have Linda Park as Ensign Hoshi Sato. She was in Women's Murder Club. I thought you might want to watch that. <laughs> and For All Mankind, which is a new Apple TV TV show. And then we have Connor Trenier as Commander Charles Tripp Tucker III. He was in Stargate Origins and Stargate Atlantis as two different characters. Lovely. <laughs> this was released September 26, 2001, which I want to talk about uh the number one song was I'm Real by Jennifer Lopez featuring Ja Rule. And the number one movie was Don't Say a Word, which I have never heard of until this very second. <laughs> this One of the things I was going to say about Enterprise as I was watching it uh-huh. is it feels very post 
Okay. You know, like, a lot of media changed post-9-11. Mm-hmm. Uh, to bring back to the world of the X-Men, as I do, mm-hmm. Chris Claremont had returned to the X-Men at this time and had basically turned them into, like, world cops. Mm-hmm. And it was very much a reaction to, like, how the world was feeling after 9-11. Like, okay. it's like, we need to police the world mm-hmm. and stop terrorism or whatever, whatever. This show kind of felt like that to me. It felt very post-9-11 to me, but it was released... Was a third? Uh, sorry, fifteen days after nine eleven. Hmm. So it's obviously it was filmed, you before, know, long yeah. before. Right, so it's way like, before. So it just, maybe it was just something in the air at that time that was already heading in that direction. I, I don't know what it is, but I bet you hmm. season two really leans into it. That with, <laughs> without you know right. having seen it and spoiler alert, never having. Going yeah, we're it. no. I am never watching the rest of us. I'm I'm fine with as much as I want. You know, uh, generally in in shows, there's always one character that I really like. Like yeah. with uh, Star Trek TNG, it was Data. Yes, I would watch it just for Data. Yes, exactly. I thought he was great. Cisco was great. Yeah, and, and um, what was it? Garrick, Garrick the Cardassian clothier. Yeah, like, I like him. Fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So there's always like with Janeway. Yeah. Until she became. Second, yeah, they kind of pushed her. To they the pushed side. her to the side, and they, and they took a lot of her characterization away. Yeah, exactly. Until oh. she wasn't a character anymore. I liked her hologram. Still had her coffee though. That yeah, was nice. I love that. that in was, Prodigy, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> and then in Picard, I liked Picard. I yeah. didn't like him in TNG. Yeah, he's better. In my opinion, he's better. I in love Picard. him in Picard. Yeah, and uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, for sticking with it, Discovery. Yeah, uh, there was a few characters. There's several liked. characters in Discovery. I really like. The show liked. just kind of went downhill. But, yeah, yeah, but yeah. the characters, I loved almost every single one of them. Mm-hmm. But this show is what you're getting to. But this show, there is not a single character that I like at all. I mean, not to not to jump ahead to the actual discussion of the show itself, mm-hmm. but. W- one of my problems is one. I I wrote a note that was like, I can't tell any of these characters apart, mm-hmm. and I should be able to. Yeah. And like, yeah. like, and like, the most obvious is there's three white guys mm-hmm. who are basically the same white guy. I thought the British dude, right, was the white dude. Trip or whatever. Yeah, it's got. I trip. thought they were the same guy. Yeah, I I actually wrote in my notes that they could be twins. Yeah, I thought they were the same guy. And then I realized the British guy looks like a younger Martin Short. <laughs> Not what Martin Short looked like when he was young. Right. But if you take old Martin <laughs> Short and made him young, that's what he looks like. <laughs> <laughs> but it, none of their personalities mm-hmm. are distinctive enough from one another yeah. to even set them apart from that. So you have mm-hmm. three slender white guys with very slender white guy haircuts yes. who act Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. there's no difference between Trip and Captain Archer. They are None. both racist. Oh, yeah. They are both, like, single-minded mm-hmm. and, like... Very sexist. Very sexist. Like, there's mm-hmm. nothing... You, you could get rid of one of those characters in the show wouldn't hurt no, for it. No, it wouldn't hurt for it at all. It's almost like it's almost like they're like, we need Captain Archer to be in two places at once, <laughs> but we can't... Well, we'll just make another Captain <laughs> Archer, so. So we we'll can, make him British. Yeah, yeah. There was just nothing to really differentiate the mm-hmm. two. And then the other characters, I kind of like Hoshi. I thought she... Okay. To get... Okay. I feel like I'm delving into the show more than I'm right. meaning to. I'm trying to hold back a little bit. But, like... Well, there's so much to discuss. There is so much to discuss. <laughs> like, I think it's a era of Star Trek 
that's really cool for a prequel. I think the overall concept is really good. Yeah, I really like the story. I think those squeeze aliens were really disgusting. Yes. And, and I was... you and explain what squeezes and why you have a problem with it. <laughs> squeeze is from X Files. I think it was in like, I, it's like the third episode. It was like of the either show. episode three or four and, and this this guy could like literally squeeze himself into vents and stuff. And ever since watching it, I've yeah. been extremely paranoid about shit like that. Yeah. Like I look up in vents and I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. Yes. yes. Like it's, it's paranoia for me. Yeah. And so then these guys, they show them squeezing under a door and I was like, fuck no. <laughs> no, shoot him. Shoot him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but go ahead with your overall point about the show. But look. that's what I'm saying is the story was quite good. Yeah. Because I was like, yeah, kill these squeeze aliens. Yes, you know, yes. I'm on your side here, man. I, yeah. <laughs> like, they're gross. Yeah, your, pre- Do con- it. your preconceptions are like, yes, kill that yes, thing. Yes, kill it, kill it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sort of like how I see spiders. Just kill it. Yeah. So I liked the overall story. It was very engaging for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, all of that sexism and douchebaggery, it was... I. I can't continue the story, even though the overall story is really good. Yeah, I would love for them to reboot it. Yeah. Like, but like, in the one of the thoughts I had while watching it, and we'll just we're just gonna talk and whatever, mm-hmm. everything will come when it comes. But uh, one of the things I like, I think the problem with Star Trek for me, mm-hmm. if I want to take it to a level of Star Trek versus Star Wars, which Oof. I understand those are two completely different things. Yeah, one space magic, one science. Yeah, one science fiction, one science fantasy. Or yeah. whatever, you know what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. One's fantasy, straight up fantasy. Yeah. But the thing with Star Trek that I, I do believe that it is always trying to be progressive, mm-hmm. right? But it unfortunately is always a product of its time, too. Yeah. yeah. So what's frustrating, especially when you're watching the older episodes from like 20 30 yeah. whatever years ago like you can see like the positive things it's trying to do but it's unfortunately locked into a 2001 mentality mm-hmm. so it, it's very frustrating whereas i think star wars this is where i'm making the parallel is a totally different galaxy it's fantasy right. it has nothing to do with earth it's yeah. like so if there's like sexism racism whatever mm-hmm. like it's like well that's not a real place. It's Middle Earth, or you know, it's Mordor <laughs> right. or the Shire or some. Shit. Like this is like this is supposed to be Earth, and so it gets kind of depressing mm-hmm. because you're like, oh, this is 200 years in the fr- future. We've eradicated all the bad things except sexism. But sexism still seems to be yeah. uh, fine. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of like racism mm-hmm. seems to not really have been conquer because at this point they would have known the the vulcans for a hundred years yeah and they're still wildly racist oh my god them. calling them like knife ears and shit. well and i think even in the original series like mm. didn't uh, bones like always like be like you green-haired yeah <laughs> yeah green-blooded freak yeah like, exactly so on the one hand i recognize it as i'm like this is probably an accurate depiction yeah of how humans would act yeah sadly yeah but on the other hand i would have liked I would Since like it's to see supposed a, to be a utopia. Yeah, I yeah. want to see more of a nuance. Mm-hmm. You know, like like we said, like Archer and Trip and British Martin Short guy. Yeah, I don't know. What they all mean. sort of act the same mm-hmm. with these aliens. They're all like racist and sexist. Basically, every time they have a conversation with Topol, it's always antagonistic. Mm-hmm. It's always a bit racist, mm-hmm. and it's always with like humanity's a blunt instrument. Yeah. We just 
walk through the galaxy enforcing mm-hmm. our will and everything. And there's no... If you have one character like that, that's fine. But yeah. it's like all the characters are yeah. like that. Would like to maybe get away from that? I would have liked Archer to be better. Tri- yeah, if, if, you, if trip- you want Trip to be a racist sexist, fine. Yeah. But there's got to be yeah, it's one... Star Trek. you got to have one. You, there's got to be one guy who can actually see the big picture. Yeah. And it's got to be the captain. Yeah, the captain, since we're dealing with fiction, should be the ideal. Yes. Your ideal in the 60s was Kirk. Yeah. He's a go-getting right. man of... Well, I don't want to say Manifest Destiny because that's not great. Well, but, that's basically what he was. But in the 60s, <laughs> but in the 60s, that was kind of like what you wanted. This idea of like going forth boldly right. as a brave, virile man, right? Right. And then in the 90s, you wanted to change that to more of an erudite person right. with Picard and mm-hmm. someone who doesn't necessarily react with his fist but with his mind, mm-hmm. you know? That's good. And then you have Cisco, who's a little bit more... More of that, mm-hmm. but they brought in spirituality, whatever. You yeah. know, like, yeah, whoever's in the captain's chair should be the person who's almost Better. above repro- reproach. Yeah, exactly. Not saying they don't make mistakes, but, mm-hmm. like, they're they're the ones always trying. Yeah. I agree with you. If Trip, if you want to make him, like, the racist guy, mm-hmm. then, okay, Archer shouldn't also be yeah. that guy. Yeah, he should be, like, giving him the side eye or something every time he says that. Or maybe be, like... Or actually step up. Or be, and, like, you know what? Let's not. Let's not. Yeah. Yeah. And especially because it's more loaded in this show because it's generally two or three white guys attacking a woman. A Vulcan woman. And there's only one Vulcan woman, so she's always the minority on Mm -hmm. the ship. And you have, like, optically, it's just not a great No. Especially when your captain's like, I will put you on your ass. Yeah. If you speak up again. Yeah. Or I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, he says that literally. He literally says that. I will put you on your ass. I will put you on your ass if you speak up again. Yeah. If you if you don't listen to me, I'm going to throw you in the brig. That was a second line. That was a second line. He threatens her a lot. Yeah. More than any of the other characters. Yeah. So, again, all the like I get that his character arc is supposed to get over his Vulcan racism. Yeah. I get that. However, it is not good for a captain. No, it's not. It would be better if served as, like, Trip, who I guess is his, like, second officer. Because yeah. he's the one who dines on breadsticks with them yeah. that one night. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, and meat. They don't have replicators here. No. I, I was like, is that a responsible... No, m- why aren't you having, like, space ice cream, you know, in the little bubbles? <laughs> they only have a limited amount of space on that yeah. spaceship. They don't no- have replicators. So, I'm like, and I was like... Well, maybe they couldn't bring corn because it ex- it's so explosive. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do learn that corn will explode into a fire. Massively. I mean, wow, it is worse than nitrogen. <laughs> but, like, I, one of the things I was thinking about, because there is no replicator yeah. and stuff, I'm like, it would have been cool if one of the, the member of the crew was, like, a quartermaster. Yeah. Yeah, you that know? would be cool. Like, and, like, we have to ration and stuff yeah. like that. Instead, they're having, like... Steaks are like huge steaks. These things are bigger than my head. And I'm like, where are you storing that? <laughs> like, you 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 want to set it up that's in the future, but we're not quite at the yeah. So we have a very small claustrophobic ship. Yeah, I mean, we're still sort. It feels of, like a submarine interior. It does feel like, and mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, but it also feels more like modern day space travel, where it's like every. Mm-hmm. You know, they need ounce. to have tube rations. You yeah, every ounce about? needs to be accounted for. Mm-hmm. And if it's anything like r- real technology, mm-hmm. 
like the older it is, the bigger it is. Yeah. Like their warp engine's gonna be like three times the size of like a normal even though the ship is smaller and looks yeah. more sleek, like it, Well, there's not that much space though for humans. Yeah, I think it does feel the like the bridge is super small. It does feel like there's a lot less people on the ship mm-hmm. than in other Star Treks. Yeah. So there's that. And all their walkways are maybe like a foot and a half wide. Yeah. It's very small. Yeah. And we, but I think the ship itself is big to contain all the power. Right. Just like a big computer. Yeah. Used like, to take up like you know, a three rooms. Like a or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know? what, I, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, so if you're like in a ship that has to account for every ounce of weight. Yeah. Just having frozen pounds T-bones. of meat. Like. No, you don't get to have that T-bone while you're out in space, guy. You're going to be right? eating, like... Tubes. Tubes of breadsticks. Tubes of the, like, oh, man, what they have nowadays. Uh, they have the, the canned gelatin meal. Yeah. Ugh. Like so dog disgusting. Food? Like dog food? Yeah, and it's it's got the it's got the steak. It's got the, the dessert mm-hmm. and the bread. It's everything oh. all just in one gelatinous no, goo. No, That no. is what I would assume they would have to eat. Yeah. Because it travels... Yeah. It's light and it's nutritious. <laughs> yeah, because the show's weird because it wants it to be like, and this kind of goes with what we were talking about with like the social aspects of it. Mm-hmm. It wants to be more modern than we are, but also n- not modern. Not modern. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, if, so I'm expecting some hard tack and gruel. Yeah, it should feel they like as much of a submarine feel as it has, mm-hmm. it still feels mighty comfortable. <laughs> and I feel like it shouldn't feel as comfortable because... I don't know. His ready room is tiny. Well, compared to like... Yeah, compared the, to Janeway's. Janeway's Janeway has this like huge like chaise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, I don't know. It feels like there should be more of a roughing it feel yeah. to it mm-hmm. because we are... Because like these people are 100 years before Kirk, so it's like really unexplored. Yeah, so I want, I want tube meat. Yeah. Yeah. If it didn't, but it's like no. But no, have, it's like no. Here's a here's a fresh T-bone. Uh, do you want to give me your pre- predictions for oh, yeah, the yeah. show? Since we kind of like started talking about it. Yet another could be really awesome if it wasn't for all the sexism, but progressive for its time show. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like <laughs> condensed everything we just said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's exactly it. what it is. That's it could it. be good. It could be really awesome. Honestly. I was not expecting much from this yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. And about, like, I don't know, 10 minutes or so into it, I was like, you know, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I'm not saying it was good. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I expected it to be worse than it is. But it's not good either. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I wrote a haiku for my prediction. Excellent. Trekking. Since that is apparently very popular. Thanks, guys. <laughs> You've made it a thing. <laughs> it's a thing now. And unfortunately... I don't know when this turned into a democracy. <laughs> unfortunately, I think uh, I think I used a, a similar opening line for Quantum League. I think I was like <laughs> leaping through whatever. Oh, okay. And now I'm trekking through the stars. <laughs> Dyspeptic man sits in chair. Regressive future. <laughs> Perfect. Way better than their synopsis. Uh, before we get into talking, do you want to talk more about the show, or do you want to do? No, no. Let's let's do our other thing. Um, okay. I honestly feel like we've talked enough about the show. <laughs> so, if there's one thing we all know mm-hmm. about Star Trek, yes, that's slash fiction. That slash fiction is intense. It. Uh, I mean, not saying it was the first slash fiction. I believe yeah. Sherlock Holmes was some of the first slash oh, fiction. Probably Holmes and Watson getting it on. But I think Star Trek. <laughs> 
There, oh, what was the name of it? There's this, There's one of uh, Spock and uh, Kirk. I actually read it. Oh, wow. But I forget what it's called. It's out there online. You can okay. find it. It's okay. like it's a very famous one. It's very short, surprisingly. What? Yeah. It, it, I would have liked detail. So basically what we're going to do, mm-hmm. in lieu of facts this week, is I, sitting in my chair, I did so much work for you guys this week. <laughs> I said, Aaron, give me two Star Trek characters. And I said, Tuvok and Neelix. And I looked up slash fiction for <laughs> Tuvok and Neelix. <laughs> and it exists. And it's prose and long. Uh-huh. So I did it as a screenplay format. Mm-hmm. I edited it a bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I made it pretty tight. I used, I, It's an anonymous. Yeah. Uh, it was like untitled and anonymous. Mm-hmm. So I can't credit anyone for yeah. this. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I feel like I'm a co-writer at this point. Right, because you did so much work to it. I did a lot of yeah. work to it. So this is our untitled drama. Oh, uh, we didn't bother titling it? Oh, I called it T-Lix. <laughs> uh, after the episode where T-Lix oh, and... Uh, that is the, one of the worst episodes. She murders him. That dude straight up gives me the wig. Janeway murders him. <laughs> yeah, I would have too. So, and we're uh, going to have to work off one uh, iPad here, yeah. so, so we're, we'll... Because mine would have gone straight to my work email. And I didn't watch you. Uh, and, it's and, a weekend. And I don't want you And the second I look at my work email, guys, guess what I'm doing? Yeah. Working. Not doing podcasts Not for doing fun. podcasts for fun. So, here we go. I will, I, I will be Neelix. Okay. You will be Tuvok. Yeah. And I will set stage directions. All right. <clears throat> I want to know who's going to be the Dom. Voyager. <laughs> Neelix is rude. Space night. Ooh, space night. How do you know it's not space day? <laughs> because it's nighttime. <laughs> Neelix is sitting at his table, poring over recipes. Outside, and unnoticed, Starling lines careen past the port window. The door chirps, announcing someone is outside. Neelix opens the door to find Tuvok. <laughs> Mr. Neelix, I require your assistance. Oh, if you want to uh, throw in a sensor. A sensor, yes. I have to say sensor. <laughs> ah, come in. <laughs> I, th- I think we're past those formalities, huh, Tuvok? Neelix steps aside, allowing Tuvok to enter. <laughs> you bet he does. He, f- <laughs> he follows him into the bedroom. Knowing how fastidious his paramour is, he hurriedly tidies up. Oh, wow, so they've already been doing it. Yeah. Oh, point. oh! I should set this up. They have been in a relationship for some time. Oh, this wow. Okay. This yeah. is consensual. Yeah. I should also mention. I am sorry. I didn't well, uh, why would I be reading anything yeah, else? Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. Have, I wouldn't have chosen. All right. So, what do you want? Tuvok is removing his jumpsuit, revealing his deceptively muscular chest. Yeah. Tuvok. <laughs> I require your assistance. <laughs> With what? Uh, muffin? Aren't you on duty? Tuvok continues to disrobe. Muffin. <laughs> oh, they're fascinating. So economic. Sweet bread in a mushroom shape. Harry clued me into them. Apparently, they're a popular breakfast snack on Earth. I'm sure there's one you would like. Tom complained a lot about something called bran. And why is this being attributed to me? Well, because you're sweet, of course. So many of them are sweet. Neelix pauses. Searches for the Vulcan's expected eye roll. It doesn't come. Tuvok continues to disrobe. Hmm. Uh, oh, I just... What? What's going on again, honey? 
Lieutenant Paris and I were on an away mission. <laughs> Retake. <laughs> Retake. <laughs> <laughs> Lieutenant Paris and I were on an away mission. Ugh, I can't say that. Which put us into contact with a pheromone secreting plant. Our scans, which showed such pheromones as only affecting the Klingon species, were apparently incorrect. The doctor has proposed a theory that the plant is able to change its DNA to affect any species which it encounters in order to reproduce. Of course, it has no reproductive effects in humanoid life forms. Are you sure you don't need... I mean, you're not in your right mind, are you? I really think I should go talk to the ca- doctor or, or, the, or the captain or... Tuvok, naked <laughs> but for the Starfleet-issued civvies, steps toward the flustered Talaxian. Neelix, intrigued but nervous, takes a step backwards, tripping over his feet in the process and landing prone on the bed. <laughs> Tuvok positions himself over Neelix, pinning his wrists down. Neelix feels the heat radiating off the Vulcan skin, although his voice is as cold as ice. That is unnecessary. That's good. Thank you. I am perfectly in control of myself and have already been to Sick Bay. The doctor stated the effects were purely physical and would wear off in a few days. I find the prospect of waiting so long while I have a mate in such close proximity to be illogical. Oh. oh. Do you have any other objections? No, no, no. Just wanted to make sure you were oh. Neelix suddenly remembers how strong the Vulcan is, <laughs> and his body stiffens in response. Tuvok, releasing Neelix's wrists, removes the Talaxian's robe. Neelix's hand brushes against the Vulcan's nipple. Oh, he has one? Tuvok jerks and suddenly stops. Why are you touching my chest? Your nipples? They're erogenous zones, at least for Talaxians. Do Vulcans not? They are unnecessary to the act. Has no one ever touched you here? (laughs) Neelix rubs the Vulcan's nipple with a soft pad of his thumb. Tuvok quivers at the light caress. It, ugh, there is no need to. Neelix repositions himself so Tuvok is on his lap. His back pressed into the Talaxian's bare chest. It doesn't hurt to have a little fun now and then. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. I'll make you feel wonderful. Honestly, you won't believe it. I was a masseuse for a very seductive Andorian woman for a few years. Well, I was more like a captive, but it made me quite the jack of all trades. Ew. Neelix begins to play gently with two box nipples. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the normally impassive Vulcan struggles to stifle the moan rising in the back of his throat. Neelix smiles. Applying more pressure, Neelix takes the hand, <laughs> takes the hard <laughs> nubs of the Vulcans between his th- thumb and forefinger. This time, there is no mistake, and a groan escapes Tuvok's lips. Ah, he's tweaking the nips. <laughs> tweaking them nips! <laughs> Neelix has never known a person to be so sensitive. Intriguing. Does it feel <laughs> Tuvok tightens his grip and exhales. Neelix can see the erection straining against the Vulcan's underwear. Yeah, it's ne- big. Neelix tugs on Tuvok's nipples harder now. Tuvok lets out a wanton moan. Ugh, Neelix. Yes, call me by mine. Tu- <laughs> Tuvok pulls Neelix's face forward. Neelix longs for a kiss, a Talaxian kiss, but that's something a Vulcan would never do. Ooh. Neelix takes Tuvok's hands and seduces them with his mouth. Tuvok's eyes clench shut as waves of arousal cascade down his spine. 
With a silent moan, Tuvok feels his passion peak and shudders as the orgasm wow, washes fast. over him. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a... Yeah, wow. He collapses. All you had to do is tweak a nipple and Vulcans get off? Damn, that's easy. He collapses on the bed. His hands and fingers feel as if charged with electricity. Feeling better, sweetie? <sighs> it is not enough. The pheromones, they are coursing through my body. <laughs> <laughs> Neelix watches as the Vulcan becomes aroused again. He smiles to himself. He knows just what to do. He reaches over and presses a finger into the Vulcan. Neelix! Feel good? <laughs> Tuvok clenches and writhes on the Talaxian's finger, relaxing so Neelix can insert another, setting the Vulcan's body alight. Tuvok's eyes widen and a scream-like moan escapes his lips. I'm not doing that. Neelix casts a glance to the door, worried that security might barge in. Let them come, Neelix thinks with a smile. Tuvox's back arches in ecstasy. What do you think he's saying there? Well, I will tell you, it's coming up. Go ahead. Uh, no, that, that's what I'm saying. What do you think he's saying there, Beck? Coming. Oh, I'm supposed to say that's Tuvox. Okay. Yeah, because you're about to come. Because I'm fingering your butthole. <laughs> right, all right. All right, hold on. I got to get into character. <laughs> get into character. Hold on. Sensors. Coming! Sensors. <laughs> Are you coming? Go ahead. Tuvok ejaculates and slumps on the bed. He closes his eyes. Neelix suspects that he is trying to meditate. Calm down. Neelix runs a hand over Tuvok's ass. Nice. And gives it a light pat. The thought of Tuvok <laughs> losing it over him was stirring his own neglected member. Think you can handle one more? <laughs> Tuvok doesn't respond. Instead, he rolls over on his belly, raising his ass into the air. He looks back at Neelix with a slow blink. What? Uh, are you sure? If you hesitate, I will rescind the order. Woo! <laughs> Tuvok's head falls languidly on the pillow, causing his hips to sway. Neelix playfully annoyed. Oh, sorry. That was a stage direction. <laughs> Sarcastically. <laughs> Why aren't you sweet? Neelix kisses a trail down the Vulcan's back, eliciting another moon. Slowly, he thrusts his frilled Talaxian cock slowly into the Vulcan. Tuvok buries his head into the pillow, but from Neelix's vantage, he can see the tips of the Vulcan's pointy ears darken with a blush. Hmm. Neelix runs his hands down along the Vulcan's... Interesting detail. Yeah, right? Yeah. Skin, suppressing the urge to slap his ass, remembering what happened Why would you last suppress? Time. What? Don't suppress that urge. Before it was just a little pat, but he wants to smack, smack that Smack it. Tuvox lets out a muffled <laughs> groan into the belly of his pillow. Did you? Yes. Would you like me to stop? I wish for you to continue. I will. For a kiss. Tuvok begins to reach back. A Talaxian kiss. Uh-oh. Tuvok turns to Neelix, his eyes glistening with tears. A spot of green dot is on the Vulcan's mouth, and Neelix knows that he must have been biting his lip to keep quiet. Neelix forgets about the kiss and thrusts hard and deep into the Vulcan. Time his... out for a second. Yes, ma'am. I wouldn't have thought Tuvok would be the sub in this. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. But it's because of those pheromones, you know. I guess. Okay, continue. His formerly slow pace forgot. Falling to his elbows, Tuvok lets out a whine of arousal. He reaches for the pillow, but is too far out of his reach. <laughs> Neelix continues to thrust with wild abandon. Tuvok clenches around Neelix's cock, 
A possessiveness overcomes Neelix. <laughs> he has the urge to make Tuvok his. The thought is too much. Tuvok! It is fine. <laughs> I. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a good read, man. <laughs> <laughs> Neelix buries himself deep into Tuvok, who lets out an uncharacteristic mule of appreciation. I'm not doing that. <laughs> the sound sends Neelix over the edge. He grips the Vulcan tight as the two men come simultaneously. That's the fourth time. Wow, Vulcan's just like, man, they can have multiple orgasms, huh? The cl they collapse into each other's arms. Tuvok reaches out to Neelix to kiss him in the Vulcan way. Neelix almost doesn't realize what is being offered, but catches it in his own hand. Are you... are you... Fine. I wish only to rest. With me? That is obvious. <laughs> Logically, if you have to say it, then it isn't so obvious. Now is it? Neelix presses himself against Tuvok's body. His contented thoughts interrupted by the Vulcan. Ooh, and now I have to speak in Vulcan. Okay, ayasha duhai, du namtor, kike. Neelix doesn't know everything Tuvok says. That he loves him even though he's illogical, is what you just said. Oh. He only knows enough Vulcan to know that his lover has told him he loves him. And he responds in kind in his own Talaxian tongue. Nixon taru. Tuvok. <laughs> Neelix lies awake, lost in his own thoughts, wrapping his arms around his paramour. At last he falls asleep, a smile pressed upon his lips. As he slumbers, Tuvok stirs and presses a Talaxian kiss upon Neelix's whiskered cheek. He lay back down and falls asleep. You would be sore tomorrow, <laughs> but you'd be ready for duty. Whoa! Okay, quick question though. I really. What's a Talaxian kiss and what's a Vulcan kiss? Um, a Talaxian kiss, I think, is like a human kiss. Oh, okay. So it's more mouth to mouth. Right, and a Vulcan kiss? Is with their hands. You did touch each other's hands. That, I don't know what the f that is. That's so okay. so Tuvok laid a actual full on kiss. Planet a hardcore when, when cheeks. Ne when Neelix seeker. Went, when, <laughs> it's a cheek seeker. It's a cheek seeker. <laughs> on Neelix's kiss. All and right. I that was part of my editing yeah. that I made that more of a <laughs> more of an arc. I see that. Yeah. 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 That was uh How something. was that? How that was, was that? something, babe. I feel bad. You didn't I don't feel like Tuvok had enough to do besides Tuvok, come. Yeah, he just came all the time. Just Neelix was It was just... fine. <laughs> <laughs> the sensors are in disarray. <laughs> so hope you all enjoyed that. If you wish for more, we could always do more, so please let us know. <laughs> Slash Vic on any show we do. Yeah. Unless it's YA. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. No, no, we wouldn't do YA, but if you if yeah. there's a slash fic thing you would like us to act out, yeah. we will do so. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, back to Enterprise. Um, <laughs> uh, I think we already talked about it. It's 48 minutes in. It's time for reviews now. You want to do reviews? Yeah. I did want to say that the theme song for this was terrible. Oh, my God, it was awful. It was a cover. It wasn't even... The original Straight from the Heart, or Faith of the Heart by Rod Stewart. Sir Rod Stewart. Sir, Sir Rod Stewart. <laughs> it was a cover by Russell Watson, who was singing it like Rod Stewart. Because I had to yeah. ask him, like, is this Russell? And, and I was you like, were like, no. no. You were like, no, it's not. No, it is not. And so I looked it up, and I'm like, oh, wait. So I must have known 
somewhere mm-hmm. the Rod Stewart song. But the yeah. guy was doing a Rod Stewart impression. Yeah. It was very weird. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. I think we've basically covered it. Let's. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would like to say there are theories. This is, uh, T'Pol is the Vulcan that I was talking about, I think, a few weeks ago, about possibly being trans. Okay. Because apparently only male Vulcans mm-hmm. experience the Pond Far. Mm-hmm. But in season two, she experiences the Pond Far. Oh, okay. So it's like, oh, so maybe she wasn't, um, you know, born uh, a woman. She's a woman. Right. Now, you know, so that's kind of cool. cool. I don't know. I, I mean, that honestly sounds more like a mistake on the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on, on the, the writer's, writer's part, part rather than being progressive. Oh, and I should say this was written by, uh, what was their names? Uh, the Brannigan guys. Yeah, yeah. Brandon Braga and Rick Berman. They're mm-hmm. the same people who did a lot of uh, Voyager. Yeah. And basically the showrunners when it got bad. Mm-hmm. He also, I just found out looking that up, Brandon Braga is only now 56 years old, but he's been writing Star Trek since Next Generation. So he was like wow. early 20s. Wow. When he started out. So that's pretty crazy, actually. Maybe didn't learn too much. Didn't did he? learn too much. Um, okay, let's get some reviews up in this mug. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, we got from Jake Rocks, poor casting, worst story, and direction. From the first episode, it was ridiculous. I tried to get past the guy from Quantum Leap. Never <laughs> liked that show. <laughs> but the story is so bad and overacted. Yeah, we were talking about acting. Mm-hmm. In it. I don't think that acting is necessarily bad. Nah. Or at least no worse than other Star Trek No, it's, it's on the same level. It's if you know Star Trek acting, that's what you're getting that's here. What you're getting. I don't think. Mm-hmm. I do think, honestly, though. I think I don't have a problem with Bakula's acting per se, mm-hmm. but I do think he is distracting in it. Does yeah, that make sense? yeah. Like he, he never really loses himself as not Scott Bakula. Mm-hmm. Like so, he kind of stands out among the rest of the cast. Right. Um, because I would have liked to see, if not an unknown actor, someone who hadn't already had. A long-running sci-fi series, you know, it just... Yeah, basically, it's the Quantum Leap guy got stuck in this body, and this is is what we're doing. this is what he's doing. This is what happens at the end of Quantum Leap. He doesn't return to his body, he just ends up as Captain Archer. Yeah, there you go. It was dead in the water, riding solely on Trekkie desperation for new content, which I firmly count myself a member of. Mm. If you do it right, it could be phenomenally successful. But these stories, the tone, everything about it is just the worst. And we went into that. I think prequels are can be interesting beasts. Yeah. And I think they're very difficult to pull off well mm-hmm. because by definition, you already know what's what happened. happened, what's going mm-hmm. to happen. So you by going before it, you have to make sure it's a story worth telling. And I think, you know, Starfleet's first foray into yeah. interstellar in like navigating the mm-hmm. politics with these new species is interesting yeah. as an idea. Yeah. But again, it just fell on, like, very weak, mm-hmm. sexist, racist tropes. Yeah. It didn't differentiate itself. It didn't have the kind of diverse casting you want from a yeah. Star Trek show. I mean, we had one woman. Mm-hmm. Right. We, we have one woman, one black guy. Yeah. Everybody else is white and one Vulcan. Yeah. You know? So, oh, and then we had an alien... Uh, Dr. Flux, who yeah. kind of turned my stomach a little bit. I'm not trying to be judgmental. <laughs> Star Trek and their ugly aliens, I'm I felt like he was very annoying. Right. I, you know, like, I, I didn't like him. Mm-hmm. Like, I, no, I will say he's different from every other doctor we've seen in Star mm-hmm. Trek so far, personality-wise. But, right. like, 
I don't want to be around that personality much. <laughs> um, very underrated, says Rob Moore. Both of these uh, reviews are from 2019, by the way, so relatively new. Uh-huh. I just finished binge-watching all four seasons, and I'm happy to say I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Yeah. I do remember seeing a few episodes when I was younger, but I didn't pay much attention. I do agree with others that they say this show was a victim of its time. I think... But I think all Star Trek... That's what I'm saying, though. I think Star Trek... I think a lot of speculative fiction has to be kind of a, of its time. You know what I mean? Because, like, they can only go with what they know at that right, moment. Right. It's like, I mean, in 20 years, we're going to look back on Discovery and stuff and be like, oh, wow, that, you know, right. that's a product well, well, of its time. Hopefully. Hopefully, in a good way. Yeah. You know, and not in a, like, they were so woke then. Yeah. <laughs> Ew, gross. <laughs> Women speaking their minds? Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed most of the storylines. I would say 90% of the episodes are great. Uh, you always have some fillers in any TV show, and Star Trek has a lot of fillers. Oh, God, Star Trek has so much fillers. I really do like the prestige television format that we're in right now, where it's like mm. 10 episodes, but they're yeah. mostly good. Yeah. Um, it's hard to do a bad one. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah if it's a bad, it's really a stinker. But yeah. hopefully it's not as bad, because it's like, well, we only have 10 episodes. Yeah. One thing I did hate was not the original theme song, but when they changed it. So like okay. Wait, so, so they get rid of that Faith of a Heart one? and they go to a more traditional Star Trek. I Well, when they first had that song, I was like, stick with instrumentals, guys. <laughs> I mean, like, on the one hand, I find it interesting. It was a bold direction to go. Oh, maybe they shouldn't have been that but bold. But I don't though, think then. they should have been that bold. I think it was a bad I think it was a big swing. Yeah. But it wasn't Big Miss. <laughs> big miss <laughs> with that big swing. <laughs> one thing I did hate with my ten star review. Was not. Oh, wait, it was the theme song. It was terrible and was really distracting. Many didn't like the original theme song, but I thought it gave the show its own personality. Anyway, I enjoyed. The show should have been at least six seasons. I just hope the actors know what a wonderful show they made. Oh, that's nice. And not remember all the idiot critics' comments that plagued this show. I don't know why people listen to critics. I don't either. I think, I think, I don't either. No one should listen to us. No, we're not critics. Well, and we are taking a very selective sample size of all of these shows. Oh, yeah. I do think one of the problems with this show, and probably with the end of Voyager, too, is this is, like, really a transitional period, I feel like, for entertainment. Yeah. This is, like, right around when, like, The Matrix and, like, Mm -hmm. Lord of the Rings and, you know, even the new Star Wars, the prequels, Mm -hmm. were coming out, like... Things were changing, I think, in the landscape of entertainment yeah. in a lot of ways, particularly in like science fiction and mm-hmm. fantasy, that this still feels very dated. Yeah. It feels very ne- contemporary, contemporaneous mm-hmm. to like next generation. Yeah. You know, like if it had come out in 1991. Well, I, I was it, thinking, yeah, if it had come out in the early 90s, I think it would have been popular. Yeah. I think the know. fact that it was coming out in a time when like. Everything was sort of changing. Mm-hmm. Like, because if this was on in 2001, if this came out in 2001 mm-hmm. and lasted for four seasons, so it lasted until 2005, I think 2008 is when the first Star Trek movie came out, like the reboot movie. Oh, right. So it was only like a few years after this mm-hmm. that they reboot the whole thing. And, right. and that feels more mm-hmm. of its time. Like, yeah. Like, so it was in, a, I feel like Enterprise is in a weird transitional era. I don't think it's as bad as maybe some people have hated it for, Mm -hmm. 
But I also don't think it's very good either. No. I'm not going to watch anymore. No. And like you said, it's still got that dated feel to it yeah. that... Why does Star Trek do that? I guess modern Star Trek has gotten away from it, uh, from the sexism of it all. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like... Dis- <laughs> I'm th- trying to think of Discovery right. and... Um, well, at least they don't have captains threatening to beat up the only woman on the crew. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. like, and a lot of the sexuality in the modern stuff feels more consensual. Yeah. You know, like... Mm-hmm. And, and it's not... less, let's just go to a strip joint where you can see titties. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, like we said, like, literally... If they go to a strip joint, there's everybody there. It was a cat fight. And I'm good with that. It was a cat fight. Mm-hmm. And then you had two characters talk about, like, oh, this planet, these women have three titties. How nice is that? How awesome is that? I learned that firsthand, secondhand, and thirdhand. And I'm not... Yeah. Excuse me? Yeah, and, like, again, <laughs> kind of like Quantum Leap, I'm like... You, this is your first episode. You're supposed to yeah. be getting me to like these characters. Yeah. And their first conversation away is like, hope I can get more alien titties. Yeah. <laughs> to the point that T'Pol actually has to warn them on their first away mission. No intimate contact. Like, we're only going to be gone for three hours. Can you keep it in your pants for three hours, mm-hmm. please? Do not have sex with all the alien women's. Yeah. You know, and, and they still, after they that, still... end up like moths to a flame mm-hmm. to a strip club. Yeah. Trans- and the British guy was like, oh, really? You're willing to let me use one of them? Yeah. Like like a pimp comes up yeah. and he's like, which one do you want to yeah. want, want to fuck? Mm-hmm. And, and, like, and, and he's then like, well. And then it was Mayweather like, the, had to Mayweather be like, was like, dude, we got to go, man. We got to go. Let me tell you they about said, the planet with the three titties. They said no to this. Yeah. Yeah. They specifically. <laughs> they specifically said no, said to, no this. to this. Did yeah. we ever give the plot to the show? Yeah, killing a squeeze alien. Okay, so killing the squeeze alien. First trek. Yeah. First trek. First trek. I think we're both kind of in agreement in terms of like green lighting and red lighting. Mm-hmm. I would green light it with a modern reboot. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. the story is good. I think yeah. and it's far enough in the past that it doesn't really affect canon right. in the future. You know, like, mm-hmm. and it's a. I would say a, probably a pretty interesting time yeah. in Star Trek Let's history. just not have an abusive captain. Let's not have abusive captains. No. Let's take out the sexism. Let's yeah. take out the racism. Yeah. You know, I mean, and it's not like racist in like against humans, but I mean, like, it's yeah. still like racist against Vulcans yeah. and stuff. It's like we should have progressed past that point. Yeah. I feel a little bit more. Yeah, because what's weird is they're like, we got rid of homelessness and starvation. Yeah. So I think we're more advanced than you give us credit for, bitch. Yeah. You know, after he says, let me put you in your place, woman. Right. Yeah, it's like, uh, do you do you see the, the problem here? The and, dissonance. And she has to actually stop him at one point. But, oh, no, sorry. Different character. Another white guy. Trip. She has to stop <laughs> Trip at one point. Right. Because she, he's like, that woman's killing that baby. Yeah. And she's like, no, that's just their species. Like, yeah. they can only breathe a certain She has type. to wean him off. He's like, yeah. so stop being so judgmental against yeah. other things. But, like, I don't feel like... I. And again, like you said, I understand that this is the arc of the show. Yeah. These dumb uh, humans need to be more inclusive in their and thinking. And yeah. open-minded, But it also is, like, a bummer mm-hmm. that it still leans into, like... This is what you, the people will relate to, like us forcing our opinions and yeah. our morals on yeah. other cultures, and like you know, mm-hmm. I don't get it, and I'm gonna be mad. And they're and very like, contradictory too, because one of the the lines I wrote is uh, Bacula saying, "We may be crude, but we're not murderers." After they just killed a Klingon, right? Yeah, <laughs> and it's like 
wait, you're not murderers, but you just killed this guy with a gun. Right. Yeah. Oh, the farmer. Yeah. yeah. The farmer like totally like has yeah has a musket like a basically a phaser musket, <laughs> but like and shoots the Klingon and then the Vulcans tell him they're like he needs to die. His culture dictates he, he needs dies to go to mm-hmm. He goes to you know Klingon Valhalla. Yeah. And he's like, no, we're gonna save him. And it's like, stop imposing your shit on yeah. these other cultures. And like, I get again. Sadly, I feel like that is how real life yeah. would work, but I would have preferred more of a nuance to this. Yeah. Like, more open to ideas, other ideas. And they don't seem very open ideas to the point that I'm like, they're always pissed off because the Vulcans are hiding or hiding, quote unquote, things from them. But it's like, no, I think they're right to kind of keep some yeah. stuff away because, like, they see how you react. Yeah, because you guys are idiots. When you don't understand something, you mm-hmm. just, like, bulldoze and force your beliefs on people yeah Yeah. you're uh, constantly forcing your beliefs on other people Mm -hmm. again realistic yeah but not fun like i or not what star trek is supposed to be yeah and i think that really hurts as a star trek show i agree it's like this is not why i'm signed into star trek i want to see us be better i want us to be i want to see an aspirational version Mm -hmm. of humanity not oh in you know 150 years we're still the same yes yeah you know. Yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's it. That's it. That's, that's it. it. <laughs> so, next week, uh, oh, uh, Pilot New Pilots releases each Tuesday. You As always, it. you can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever else fine podcasts can be had. So, how did you feel about Back to Bacula? Like, did you? Did I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. I hated it. Again, I don't want to put too much of the blame on Bacula himself. And, you know, a lot of times actors are just doing what they're told. Right. And, you know, a job's a job. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like, it's like, even though I don't necessarily like this, mm-hmm. like, I get paid and I can eat. Right, right. You know, and I can support my family. So, yeah. but, I mean, like, I also do feel like Bacula's the type of person to be like, I like Captain Archer. He's a real go-getter. He's yeah. Like, and, again, <laughs> there's nothing <laughs> different or, or noticeably different between the three white guys on the show mm-hmm. and... Pike and Kirk. Yeah. Not, it, but Pike and Kirk were less racist. Yeah. But they're still kind of womanizing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like I want all my captains to be different. Like, mm-hmm. Kirk, like Picard's different than Kirk. Mm-hmm. Cisco's different than Picard. Janeway is different from, from all of them. them. <laughs> Archer just feels like a retread of the same character type. Right. Except you have three of them. Yeah. I don't know what would I I just would have liked to see more of an adventurous spirit, mm. a more open mindedness. Yeah, like it would require be required for that. Like we're going into the unknown. Like mm-hmm. now, this isn't Kirk a hundred years yeah. from now where we've been kind of doing it for a mm-hmm. while now. This is like the first go. Well, and it. too, what pissed me off is uh, to Paul was like, "Oh, you're off by point two degrees." Oh my god! And yeah. he just completely ignores it, and it's like, "No, we're going in this heading." Yeah, it, like it's like. She has way more experience at this than you do. Yeah. You might fly, point two degrees in the infinite vastness of space could be through a no supernova. A, a binary star collapsing. Like, point two. <laughs> point two degrees is huge. Oops, we crashed into new, like, like, <laughs> like uh, Neptune. Yeah. You know, like, it's huge when you're talking mm-hmm. about warp speeds. Yes. In space. Yes. <laughs> and he just, like, completely ignores her. Yeah. Like, I get it. It's a character growth. Yeah. This is his arc. Yeah. But it's like, this is really hard to watch. Yeah. 
it really felt like you took a guy from the year 2000, you know, and put him in space or whatever. And, like, that's, like, whereas the other Star Treks try to make it a little bit more something else. I don't know how to describe that. So I would love to see this era of Star Trek revisited, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, I don't think they ever will. I think they want to just bury it, to be quite honest with you. Mm Mm-hmm. So next week, so we're done with Bank the Bankula. Uh, the, the, what are we doing next week? Well, we don't really have one right now. So are we just doing more slash fiction? <laughs> this podcast <laughs> has become an entire slash fiction. <laughs> Throw in send the char- requests. Send in requests. Just send in characters, and we'll, and we'll see, see if we can, can find meet, if we can find them. Yeah. If that if that's something. People and are if there's in. authors, like, well, I'll always credit the author on it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This one literally said anonymous. Yeah. And like. That's one of the reasons why I took it, too. Yeah. Because I was like, well... Yeah. <laughs> Let's see here. I have a list of shows. Oh, okay. And I get to choose them. Yeah, and I'll, I'll edit this whole silence part out. Oh, look. Killer Women's on Killer Women. Oh, oops. Yeah, let's go. Killer Women. Okay, there's a show apparently <laughs> called Killer Women. Nice. I th- I was trying to find stuff that might be less of what we've been doing a lot. Lately. Yeah. Because, like... We've, We've done a lot of sci-fi. There's a lot of 90s, early 2000s mm-hmm. sci-fi, and it feels like it's a lot of the same sexism yeah. and racism mm-hmm. that we've been kind of going over and over. Like, not, not, uh, hopefully, hopefully not in like a redundant or right. way, but like that feel of show has been yeah, let's pervasive get away from it. for like the last month and a half. Yeah. Let's try something completely different. So mm-hmm. there is a show called Killer Women. I don't know what it's about, except for it's probably about killer women. It's probably about women who kill. Oh, yeah, this is a weird one. It, it, it is on ABC. Okay. Which doesn't necessarily have an app. Okay. But if you go to justwatch.com and, and hit ABC, mm-hmm. it takes you to ABC's actual website. Okay. And you can watch it there. Weird. Yeah, I didn't, like, it's okay. not like a streaming site. It's like ABC's website. Weird. So we'll have okay. to figure out a way for you and I to watch it. All right. But maybe on my iPad yeah. or something. I don't think we'll be able to watch it on our normal TV. Um, maybe, right. maybe we can. I, I don't, don't know. know. I, I don't, don't know. know. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, so we'll see you next week. We're going to get out of space. We're going to talk about killer women. Dudes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so. Let's see some women kill. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Revenge. <laughs> yeah. But we'll see y'all next week when we love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.